Welcome, everyone, to What the Force. I'm Marie-Claire Gould, your host, and today we have a Bad Batch report for episodes of Bad Batch, Metamorphosis, and The Outpost. And joining me to talk about these really awesome episodes is Molly. Welcome back, Molly. Hi, everyone. I'm sorry I was sick, but I have my voice back, kind of like Ariel reclaiming her voice from Ursula. I have been granted the ability to speak again. (laughs) And why not use that ability to podcast? Exactly. (laughs) I'm here to scream about the Bad Batch. (laughs) Which has been so, so solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited in particular. I was I'm excited to talk about about it today. I mean, I'm excited every time I record, but I'm like particularly excited today. It was so good. These last two episodes, which I know it sucks to like have to wait for us to to recap and talk about these things for you, but the wait will be worth it because of our enthusiasm. I was ready to record last night when I, I watched it a day late, but I was ready to record immediately after la- after this week's episode. Yes. You messaged me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just had all the feels. I just, I saw people hinting that it was going to be a big, a big episode. And now I see why. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited to talk about both episodes. It's um, just I'm lucky that I get to rejoin you to talk about Bad Batch again for episodes like this. I just, once again, they're killing it. Yeah. 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 It feels organic. Like, I haven't struggled with any of the episodes. All of the episodes have been really, really solid Mm -hmm. in the Bad Batch. Just some of them are a little bit like they were lighter or they were not as heavy as these particular episodes because it's kind of getting into the the meta plot of what's happening in the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. I do want to say, like, it definitely feels the animation has sort of started to pivot as a bridge almost towards Rebels. I noticed that especially in the outpost when we see the Stormtrooper armor and uh, how much it reminds me of sort of the Macquarie-esque designs Mm. in Rebels. It just feels like they're starting to like make it almost like a continuity of like progress towards how Rebels ends up appearing from an art design style. I mean, Rebels, as I talk about every time I've recorded with you, is like, um, it's my like, the it's just like the best of the best for Star Wars storytelling. And, you know, again, if you're listeners, if you haven't watched Rebels, if you think it's not for you, I, I can't encourage you enough because I was not a believer. <laughs> and it took like a very long, I took a very long hiatus, like of a year and a half or two years between the first season and then restarting it again. And that animation, I hated it at first, like no offense to the animators, but I really did not like it. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm so attached to this animation style. Uh, But I'll say... Uh, you said you have like such an insightful way of like relating the armor back uh, to like, you know, any sort of like Macquarie like concept art or something we see in Rebels. And I wrote down, he looks like Dengar. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I kind of like it, though. Uh, it was so different looking. But yeah, it was just like Mayday. I was like, he he looks like Dengar. Oh, well, yeah, he, he looks very specific for yeah specific reasons but oh you're um, talking about like the stuff that they found in the yeah yeah I was yeah. yeah we'll get to it because I, I yeah. don't want to I'm, I'm like ready and roaring to go to jump into the um outpo- outpost story but I want to make sure that we <laughs> we talk <laughs> we about metamorphosis yeah yes especially because um 
I like when I saw the name, I was super excited. Like, I absolutely. Loved, yeah. I'm ready. All right. Let's let's, <laughs> let's dig into Metamorphosis, which, of course, is season two, episode 11. Uh, overall, uh, this episode had a lot of horror movie, monster movie, kaiju movie vibes the mm-hmm. whole way through, including, as Molly and I discussed before we started recording, the saliva and like goo. <laughs> and it, it it's like one of those things that we didn't get in like saliva or like goo or like gross stuff was not possible during Clone Wars like the animation was just too hard so adding that in as a layer now like makes these things so much more visceral I'm so happy for the animators but I hate it I hate it so much like I'm fine with them not having it I don't I relate that to like bathroom kind of humor and or like gross stuff and we had so much of that in the prequels and I'm just always like, I don't want to see this, but <laughs> it's, that's just a personal thing. I mean, Hey, it caught my attention. Like, it's cool that you noticed it from that viewpoint. Cause like it's, I, I'm obsessed with Star Wars animation, and so it's really cool to see the development of it and how mm-hmm. what they've been able to do with it has yeah. been impressive. And yeah, it was gross, and it was uh, successful at being gross, which yeah. I guess, yay. <laughs> yeah, you're one of those, and I'm like, why did I watch this while eating dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, it was it was successfully gross. Yeah. Uh, we start out with the attack on the cargo ship, uh, which, of course, you know, some sort of creature is attacking Ooh, people. So creepy. But they don't spend too much time on that. They immediately cut to this planet uh, where, of course, we see this arrival of this mysterious person we've never seen before um, who is, uh, you know, uh, mentioned as the doctor. And he says, you know, please take the shipment and the assets you know um he's like do 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 um do you assume that based on having seen the whole episode that all of the assets are zillow beasts or are they all different things i don't want to think that it's like one of those things where it's in the plural form but they actually we're going to see that zillow beasts and like that's it i i want to think it's more than just that because mm. the whole point of this episode was to make sure you know why Tapioca City was <laughs> was <laughs> no, I can't resist Tapioca City. Yeah, no, I know, I, I know. know. I can't Tapioca resist City. though. <laughs> I can't. I have to say it. Why you know it was destroyed and uh, like that? I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question because I want to see them pulling more and more from like legend or expanded universe no legends i don't know why i went backwards um or i want to see like surprises things that i haven't considered or like things that i don't know about so i want to think that there's monsters that you know we that are gonna just see yeah like you know what i mean other weird star wars is always better and star wars that like we haven't conceptualize or even even isn't from legends is just new yeah always makes star wars bigger right yeah like yeah we have zillow beast which we have seen previously in the clone wars like they even made reference to it but i suspect personally that it's more than just there isn't like six shipments of zillow beasts it's like a bunch of different stuff that they're going to maybe frankenstein monster together maybe do something like that i don't know yet but i'm very curious because obviously it's stuff that 
we haven't we obviously like don't get to see that in you know like the original trilogy or like rebels or it just like there there's just i just really like that they are saying there's still room to do all these other like creature creations i'm hoping for basically a box of animal crackers and we get a bunch of random things i am a big fan like they're building like eh, this or is like the Star Wars. A, there's like a Mothma or Mothra. There's like a yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, okay. So I was about to say the Geonosis Battle Arena. One of my favorite things is that there's these very distinct looking creepy yeah. creepers, and I love them. And I'm that's what I keep picturing. So like now you've got like your Zillow Beast, or like maybe they'll go full Godzilla. He's gonna fight another. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe they're really weaponizing them into something. Wouldn't that be crazy? They put like a cannon on it. <laughs> Just kidding. not a cannon, but you know what I mean. And personally, I think that this is gonna somehow tie back to the mechanical kaiju that they found right, on that one right. planet. Like, how can it not? This every episode has been so thoughtfully planned out, even when there's lighthearted episodes. So there's no way I, I just this is two instances of like a kaiju experience. Yeah. And there's that doesn't <laughs> the kaiju feel like experience. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> it's the newest attraction at Disneyland. Um, the kaiju experience. It's in Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> it's in Galaxy's Edge. I would actually I mean, love that. I mean if if a kaiju attacked Batu, like come on. Oh my god! Okay, we're not gonna get into like I have so, I have so many suggestions for them. Um, no, I like am. Uh, th- th- there's nothing that feels like lazy storytelling. Um, which it, I feel like everything has is done so deliberately with each mm-hmm. episode, even when you feel like they're very disconnected. And so I don't think that they did another kaiju episode like to be like filler you know yeah and a lot of people were very critical of that episode i loved it personally because of its like mythical meaning and everything Yo, we but- love that one i recorded yeah. with you for that one that was like up until this week that was my favorite i think that was my favorite episode i'd said maybe yeah i don't know i keep saying they're all my favorite but I, that means they're doing a good job i i love it so much but we we get we get this doctor's name oh, yeah. as he as he introduces himself to Mr. Say, who is of course Nala Say, and uh, it's Doctor Hemlock. Hemlock is a very specific choice. Oh yeah, it really it's, is. So it's like a tree bushy thing that is considered to be in many instances poisonous and even a small amount can actually poison a human or an animal uh, or livestock right or wildlife and it's most famously known for Socrates he was put to death basically by drinking like hemlock tea yeah and so symbolically uh, the name uh, the Latin name actually comes from uh, the Latin which means like spotted or purple or red and it it translates basically to being you eternally deadly or you will cause death so this doctor which doctors are supposed to be like you know in our it's- collective unconscious healing right yeah is like death and toxicity and like almost like 
doctor death. I mean, I don't trust a single doctor in Star Wars. If they're a doctor, I know they're (laughs) going to be a bad guy. Like, I know that they are not... Dr. Parshings, who is from the cloning... Yeah, exactly. ...vein of things. He's from from the Mandalorian, of course. Yeah, so... We're not supposed to trust this guy, and we like Nalise, and Nalise is like, I don't like you. And do you think that we have just met, other than Palpatine, obviously, have we just met, like, our big bad of, like... A person for because I, I wasn't sure after uh we lost um Rampart. Rampart. Yeah. Like is it would it just focus on I mean, like he might just be the season bad. That's what I mean, sorry. Yeah. Like for the season. I think yeah. Like we just met him, which I'm like, yay. Cause Rampart is so forgettable now. Um I'm I'm saddened. I liked Trebuchet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I like I, I mean, the voice acting though. Ugh, impeccable. Um, I thought I thought they made a great choice. Um, I cannot remember his last name. It's Jimmy like Stevenson or something. Um, but he's if you look him up, he is one of the most recognizable actors. Um, like for TV, I know him from Westworld, but his voice is just so smooth and perfect for this darkness that is that he's bringing uh into the show as we're you know getting darker and darker as the season goes and oh, also jimmy simpson of yeah thank course. you right exactly exactly of everybody course. look him up and you're gonna go oh oh he can, he yeah, can do comedy too he's but... got one of those faces um yep his name is actually royce hemlock which makes him even more like kind of a a rich doctor right like royce <laughs> royce like a royce. royce i don't actually know yeah. what royce means but um yeah i just thought well i was like when they said hemlock i was like that is a super deliberate name kind of like the clones though because they have extremely like like ones like their names have always cracked me up because they are just like they're just i don't know their names just always crack me up because they're not traditional names and they're not made up words and names in Star Wars. They just have very blatant names with like, like Wrecker, he wrecks things, you know, things like, yeah, like that. It's very so on it's, the nose. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm like blanking. So um, Royce means literally fame in <laughs> German. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I just learned another word. That's hilarious. So he's just like, he Dr. Went, fame he, death. I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's great. I, need, I, love I kind it. of need a sticker of that or something. I'm Dr. Fame death. Fame death. I kind <laughs> of love that. Also, um, I was, I actually was like, let me put on my Marie Claire hat and look up Hemlock. And I was like, it's like kind of, they're pretty, like the flowers. They're just like yeah. pretty. But I didn't know that they are a member of like the Parsley family. This has nothing to do, th- this is not where the writers were going. But Parsley, at least for like Jews, it's a huge part of like our Passover Seder. And we have a part where you dip the parsley into salt water and you eat it, which it's like my least favorite part. Because, but it's supposed to represent um, tears and like, the grieving of our ancestors mm-hmm. and i thought i was just like oh, this is just another way for me to look at it. like i just i don't know i i'm like already obsessed with this character probably the voice acting but they're very pretty flowers they actually yeah. look like you might collect them and put them yeah. into a bouquet but even a small amount of them could kill you yeah and that's 
some of the hemlocks are not poisonous, but it's just not worth to try it if you find hemlock. Often you'll see like a county has been like, do not eat this hemlock. <laughs> do not let your pets near this hemlock. You know, uh, you'll find that um, across the globe. They'll be like, yeah, we have poisonous hemlock here. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I do think that, you know, they are giving him this name. I think he's just going to act without remorse and without, you know, mm-hmm. what like, I'll destroy who I, whoever I have to, which I mean, we see in the, the, at the end of the episode too, where the, um, I know we'll get to it, but you know, where we hear that the people who spotted the Zillow beast are actually going to be quote unquote dealt with. And mm-hmm. it said so heartlessly and like, do what you got to do. And not everybody in star Wars, who's a bad guy is like that, mm-hmm. but those are the ones that, like have genuinely have no soul and they're the scariest ones and obviously palpatine is like that vader has conflict but and this is a a a different sort of evil yeah in that it dehumanizes and uh reduces down to the the logical conclusion because he calls Mm. nalise a brilliant scientist who's not willing to use her gifts for what he considers to be valuable which is experimentation on living creatures and there's a certain amount of uh, you know evil associated with that that we have seen in uh, regimes in history where they end up experimenting on people yeah because they have dehumanized them to a to an extent that they feel like that's allowed Right. Well, and that's why you almost feel, I don't feel bad for the Zillow Beast, but like you could, I mean. I feel bad for the Zillow Beast. I think I'm just like, they did the, they did what they meant to do like very well at the beginning of the episode where I was horrified. And then you hear Omega later saying like. It ate the uh, crew. Yeah. Like it ate, they, it ate the crew. The way she says it, okay. I was like allowed. It ate the crew. <laughs> like the same like horror. Yeah. So that was done very so that's why I probably am like I don't not like tender hearted towards Azilovis as I normally would be towards you know like creatures like that but it, it like it kind of like remi- it reminds me of um the I don't know if you saw it, the second Suicide Squad where it's like the I'm doing air quotes the like uh there's like this creature that looks like a starfish like the big mo- it's like the big monster and it's basically been experimented on it's the same thing it's been experimented mm-hmm. on and it like retaliates and that's can you blame a- it yeah exactly yeah. so that's also like what the, I mean and you're but you're horrified by what this monster can do too and that's the zoobies I mean yeah yeah I don't, that's the same kind of thing but. Anyway, continue. <laughs> the the Bad Batch, we actually cut to them after kind of having this really great scene with uh, Dr. Hemlock and Alice A. And, uh, you know, Sid is, is sort of being <laughs> argued with by Omega. It's like, stand back, boys. I got her. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, how dare you abandon us? Uh, and Sid's But really, like, though, yeah. how dare she? How dare she? Like, she deserves this. The bad bad batch is just like uh they they're not willing to fight Sid um and they end up like sort of finding out about this down ship and they argue her up from thirty five percent which is their normal cut to fifty percent to explore the ship to get what they can and bring it back um they arrive on the planet and of course like it's a horror show all the way they. Yeah. Uh, are, there's a lot of like ah, lights, uh, scary, uh, goo, uh, you know, very alien esque. Yeah, very alien esque. And uh, we also see that an Omega recognizes that the 
technology is Kaminoan. Yeah. Uh, Tech decides to go off on his own, which is in a horror movie, always the smart choice. And Omega's like, wait a second, what are you doing? He's like, your concern is unnecessary. I will be fine. Tech... (sighs) I know. <laughs> Boy, I just want to like shake him sometimes. It's right. always tech for me. <laughs> it's always tech. But I find it really interesting because we're actually getting a set of foils with the sort of almost impassioned science from Dr. Hemlock. And we get the like cold technology from tech. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. Tech is like the most unfeeling. Mm-hmm. But he still um, feels. Yeah. He still feels for sure. Otherwise, he wouldn't be with the guy. He would not still be there. Um, and that's just, I mean, it's not necessary for the story to show us that he goes through a huge arc like that anyway. But yeah, that's a good point. He's he's a foil and also is a smooth talker. They're yeah. very robotic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so they end up getting kind of pinned down by the beast as he is ends up kind of like stalking them and attacking them. Um, I like the design of his smaller version. It, it looked very lizard-like. I literally mm-hmm. liked it. Um, he looks like Randall a little bit from uh, Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tech ends up like, you know, kind of saving them, but also releasing it yeah. towards, you know, the village. And of course, everyone's like shocked. <sighs> and if this is where we get the line, like, where's the rest of the crew? Oh, it ate the crew. It ate the crew? I Wait, mean, she's it just ate horrified. The crew. <laughs> it ate the crew. It ate the crew. Yeah. This is my, they fly now. They it fly ate, now. <laughs> it ate the crew. Uh, <laughs> she's, I've never heard her so horrified. I know. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in I, I mean, not great, way. but like, like I know she, what you mean. she did it in an amazing way. And I really want to talk about, okay, so what's going on? Uh, the beast that was sort of incubated in the darkness. This is a shadow. This is, The Zillow beast itself is a shadow of the Empire, mm-hmm. the clones, the Clone Wars, right? We get that pointed out by Hunter when he talks about how the, when they eventually do see the Zillow beast, that this is the Zillow beast, right? It is of the Clone Wars and they encountered it then. Um, and it's important to recognize that shadows from a Jungian perspective, these are the the things in ourselves that we carry around that we haven't dealt with um, psychologically. They take away energy from us. But you can also have city, family, country shadows or shadows of people who have lived through particular events. Um it, In Canada, we're currently dealing with the uh, children who went missing and uh, during like reservation stuff from our indigenous population. And that's a country shadow that we're dealing with. Basically, kids died when they were sent to reservation schools. And we're trying to resolve that as a country currently. And this is an example of like a manifestation from a fictional perspective of something that is the horror that is created during war. It doesn't go away. Yeah. It continues to exist and grows and grows. And it grows (laughs) when you're kind of fighting it right? It's going to grow. It's going to continue to get angry and like ignoring it, especially, right? You have to find a way to have it out in the open and talk about these things. That's how you deal with shadows. But it will only be fed if you're giving it energy. It's a massive metaphor. Yeah, especially because 
you know, like I said, that he wants anyone who saw it to mm-hmm. be dealt with, and we know what that means. And um, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Like it ties in it ties into that too. I think because he's he's he the Zillow Beast. I don't. I don't even know. It's an, it's just a creature, but he, it's like, I guess I just didn't look at it uh, farther as this sort of metaphor, but I mean, the sight of, it's just like so big and overpowering. And for some reason, like in Star Wars, it freaks me out. I think mm-hmm. because I'm used to looming ships and cannon fire and, you know, that, and the darkness that I'm used to seeing is that or something force related. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've encountered giant, terrifying creatures in Star Wars, I guess it does, it's hitting me harder with Bad Batch, mm-hmm. with the Zillow Beast and with... It's overwhelming I, and there isn't an easy way to stop yeah. it. There isn't an easy way to tame it, right? Yeah. There isn't an easy this seems way to like come. an untamable creature to me. Yeah. It's like, this is, it, in all honesty, there is no reason... And they no had Jedi before where they could have like maybe yeah. had something happen that was more compassionate and that it ended up just like being restrained and being taken and being, you know... Is that what happened in the... So I know what a Zillow Beast is and I know... I already knew like about that episode and how the episode in the Clone Wars ends, but is that... I'm so assuming that... It's on a planet and they basically like restrain it and then it's taken back to Coruscant for experimentation and it gets loose and then it's like destroyed basically but they've obviously cloned it I really like how these two episodes actually tie in together then how it's things that they want to keep hidden it's all yeah. about like what cuz cuz the zilla beast is meant to be hidden right it's right. this hidden thing that it that grows yeah right and it grows and it grows and it grows when you uh, try to attack it. Well, and that's, again, I think that's that overwhelming, like, scaredness that I had yeah. with it. Because it's just those shots of it, like, with the electricity crackling through its teeth. Or, yeah. Like, it's just, oh, it's horrifying. It's great. Yeah. And like what that. does the bad de- batch do? Well, you know, they try to stop it. They're really ineffectual because they're not, they don't really know right. what it is, what it's all about. And so Tech does the right thing, which is he gathers data. He pulls out the truth of it, projects it out there, right? Psychologically, he gets it. And this is important because you can't wrestle with shadows until you fully understand them, until they're out in the open. So in Canada, with my example, we talk about the bad stuff that has happened in our in our nation. You have to have it out in the open. But what does the Empire do? It restrains it and it gets rid of all of the people yeah. and sort of hides this. Yeah, I mean, they're all about, they're not necessarily looking for support uh, from other, you know, planets, but they have a certain, not image, I guess, I mean, it's just an all-encompassing, like, you know, this is how you're supposed to think and feel. Like, it's. I mean, it's a dictatorship, but it's, it's just interesting how it doesn't matter how huge and scary the thing is, they are still going to try and just cover it up Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and obviously in america we have a history of doing that and we don't really face uh a lot canada's gone through the same a lot of the same um transgressions uh that have happened here like with our native people and Mm -hmm. uh we don't really address it so we're trying i i you're you're trying more than i would say you're trying more than us yeah it's not perfect (laughs) certainly and there's more that we can do but 
this is like this is such a great like symbolic yeah thing happening inside of Bad Batch, which yeah. I love. Um, but the Bad Batch has information, which is the start, right? It's the start of being able to do these things. Unfortunately, this entire village was basically silenced yeah. because of it. Um, at the end of the episode, we have, um, oh, I realized that the the place that they're in, the cloning facility or the place with Dr. Hemlock and La, La, um, and Nalise is Mount Tantis, which is close enough to Tantalus to be a House of Atreus <laughs> consumption parallel. That's cool. That's really it. neat. Good job. Yeah. Her <laughs> grid is so big right now, too. <laughs> no, I'm really happy because, yeah. you know, this is uh, the clones are part of this consumption, uh, yeah. you know, motif that's happening within Star Wars that they are being bred to die and not to live. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm and maybe start crying already. <laughs> we're gonna get that in the outpost, of course, right? Um but because of the information of, you know, do you know anyone else who is still around while well, it was President uh Lamasu, right? Or Prime Minister Lamasu, who uh was still around on the cloning facility or on uh Topoka City before, and he informs uh Dr. Hemlock about Omega. I I hate him. <laughs> I was like, you utterly useless. Go away. Also, like, mm, I will say maybe that that was the part that I wasn't sure how I felt about the episode. It was the part I wasn't sure about how I was feeling because I almost am like at the point where I'm ready after seeing the outpost, especially I'm ready to focus on the big picture and I don't want another chase to get Omega. But I don't know how they're all going to fit in together. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it'll be done really well, which is why I was like, not really, I wasn't reactionary. It was just like, I, I don't think I can really think, you know, I don't want to like predict that that's going to detract away from the plot or something. Because obviously Omega is going to play a huge role. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, she's our just, she's our little angel. Like, of course she is. A sweet little baby angel. Like, she's going to play a huge role in the uh, rebellion. And I'm like... I'm itching and wearing to go to get to that. But I, if, you know, if they, if, if they need to involve a chase to capture Omega to get to this next point, then so be it. I'm again, I'm sure it'll be done seamlessly. It's interesting that it, they're tying on this concept that Nalise has secret knowledge, right? Knowledge of creation. Yeah. Right? Certainly symbolically, of course, the feminine Omega also, being secret, being important as some sort of secret wisdom or power, it ends up being a dark union. I mean, I yeah, that's a good point. I, I definitely think of Omega that way. Um, yeah. And I wasn't expecting Nalise to, you know, play that role, especially because I honestly was, I, in the first season, I was very much under the impression that, you know, she was not a great person, person? Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know that we've figured out exactly yeah she's not willing to go to the extreme of what dr hemlock's wants she might her be to pushed do. to it though i mean if omega really means yeah. that much to her then i mean that's 
with the mother protecting her child sort of like fight or flight defense, which I, I guess I wouldn't have guessed that that's where she would go. And I'm assuming that's what we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. be, wouldn't it be wild, though, if it didn't work out that way? If she just was like, no, not helping. Omega doesn't mean that much to me. Yeah. Prime Minister's wrong. That'd be wild. <laughs> <laughs> like just another clone. <laughs> yeah, I know. That'd be that would be insane. They're not going to go. They're not going to do that. But <laughs> that would I think I would like just I'd be so frustrated, but also cheering for like my, you know, per- what I was perceiving to happen, like being completely deflected. That would amuse me greatly. Yeah, absolutely. We kind of we get that in the next episode, though, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like there's certainly thematic elements between these two elements between these two very different episodes that does go over to the outpost, which is interesting. Uh, Let's dig into the outpost, which is, of course, uh, episode 12 of season two. Uh, This was written by Jennifer Corbett. You should send your flowers to her. She is amazing. And thanks for making me cry. Yeah, also that. Thanks, Jennifer. I wasn't sobbing, but I teared up. Like, I just (laughs) need everyone to know. I felt my heart break a little bit. And in part, it is the music. It is the animation and the facial expressions on Crosshair. And like, it's just, uh, this episode, if you were not feeling 100% about this season, this episode should make you feel 100%. I mean, I have mm-hmm. nothing negative to say at all. No, it, it was excellent. Uh, excellent. Yeah. We, we start out with Crosshair, of course, at the spaceport with um, stormtroopers disembarking around him and three clone troopers basically protesting their forced retirement, which is sort of the outcomes of the clone conspiracy episodes that we saw from earlier on in the season with Senator Chuchi and sort of yeah. the, you know, the bill to basically replace the clones. And he meets his new commanding officer, Lieutenant Nolan. And this I is hate an, him. an entire shout out to Crispin Freeman, who is a red arrow in Young Justice. He's an amazing voice actor. And if you hate him, he did his job right. I tweeted oh, that at 100%. him. Oh, 100%. I tweeted that at him. I was uh-huh. like, Crispin is amazing in everything he does, but I really hated this guy. And he's like, that I did my job. <laughs> yeah. He applied. Oh, it was yay. Amazing. He is such a sweetheart. And he's a, he's a super myth nerd. Oh, so perfect. I, yeah. I love him on a multiple levels. So I'm so happy that he got to be Lieutenant Nolan. Um, there's also kind of a weird connection. I've actually spoken with uh, Nolan Markey. He's uh, the orchestrator and composer who's done a lot of work with the Kiner brothers and orchestrated uh, like uh, episodes of the Clone Wars season seven and, and like worked with Kevin Kiner in the yeah. past. And uh, he, he was tweeting about how he can't believe that his name is at Star Wars with this guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. I yeah. mean, but also, like you touched on the music, like uh, oh my gosh, the music, the music these two episodes, yeah, these two episodes. Like I should have mentioned it for Metamorphosis, but like, ugh, so well done. This one, there is a moment. Well, you know what? We'll get to it. Let's continue because um, this one, I just need to understand. I normally I only have like a couple notes jotted down because I'm coming fresh off the episode and just talk organically. This one, I for some reason felt so, I was feeling so much that I took. Um, like a whole list of notes, which for me, that is evident of like 
me really, I don't know, identifying or clinging to the episode. So just looking at it from all perspectives. So please continue so I can talk about the music a little bit at one point. All right. Uh, so uh, Nolan informs Crosshair that they're going to be going to this uh, Imperial Depot on Barton 4 and that there's a high value cargo there that has they haven't had a chance to basically move off planet and his fellow cr- clone troopers will be assigned there to transfer the cargo. I thought um, it was going to be a monster. <laughs> I mean, it would be on brand for this season. Uh, <laughs> Nolan is just straight up a British jerk. Like, I he's so gross. Like he just literally he hates the clones. He he's sort of the worst sort of abusive boss. He is just the worst. I like felt so much anger and was ready to like pull out. It was late at night, but I was ready to yell at my TV because I was, and like you said, he did the voice acting impeccable job. Well done because I was so angry. The dialogue though, it's just like uh, seeing, we don't see it all the time in star Wars. We do get more humanity with some of the bad guys and we we see Mm -hmm. it we see those a little bit more with like with andor you know there Mm -hmm. there's so many there's it's hard to like distinguish between good and bad sometimes or like what their internal motivations are and when you get these like one-dimensional characters like this they and it's just it's the same with like hemlock it's just like uh it's disgusting and i've just felt so much anger good job from an animated show I got this a little bit too with Rebels. So that's why I was like pleased to be feeling these things. But as soon as they arrive at the base, you see like the sort of scavenger condor type bird Mm. flying overhead. And it's it's sort of looming. And there's like this kind of shadow effect, right? Like you can only see the outline of the bird. Um, Do we ever see it full on? Actually, no, I think. No, but we do see it symbolically at one point. Yeah. And I noticed that too, but then I, I, I guess it didn't occur to me like, oh, wait, yeah, it's, I guess you're it's, right. It's like death stalking this group. You're getting whispers of it and then you get it this blatant shadow at the very end, but you're only yeah. seeing streaks of it through the night amidst the, you know, sleet and snow. and Yeah. And Crosshair so cool. sort of follows behind Lieutenant Nolan like uh, a shadow. He's like a step behind him and like off to the side. I mean, he's a good, good soldiers follow orders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because we have the bird, which, rep- you know, scavengers like vultures and things like that sort of represent death following you. And literally from the start of this episode, wherever Nolan walks, Crosshair is immediately behind him until he's kind of handed off to me. So cool. As death following Nolan. That's so cool. See, I was only paying attention to how he's wrestling with his internal, you know, his number one motivation, which is to follow orders, good soldiers follow orders. But that, but now we're seeing, but that doesn't mean he likes it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I always, I'll get into that in a minute. But that is really cool that you pointed that out. I didn't even think of it that way. I love that. Like, it's like death is near and you don't even know it. And there's all this symbolic death in yeah. this and obvious death. Like, like wow. you know, like even into the base where all the dead clones helmets have like been kind of put in a place of honor. And you know something bad is going to happen. To, well, first off, when you don't see faces of clones, like, don't they have their helmets on the whole time? 
the uh, other ones that are there at the outposts. When when they arrive, Mayday is the only one with his helmet right. off. Yeah. The others are like cold and around like that light. Um, but so Nolan and Crosshair arrive inside of the base and Nolan's like, where is everybody? And the light shines. Mayday like shines the light directly onto Crosshair. Mm-hmm. It's like symbolically illuminating him. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we get his name. Oh, the name's Mayday. Okay. What does Mayday stand for? It's a military thing. I mean, I just, I don't know why I laugh. Um, isn't it like Mayday is like help, right? Yeah. Isn't that what you... It's because like SOS is too hard to say over the radio. And so yeah. they replaced it with Mayday, which... It, it comes from like the Latin um, or the French Mays days, M- Mads days. <laughs> I'm pronouncing that terribly, which did better is, than me. <laughs> is French. It, it's the phenom, phenom, fem, phenom, phen, it's the equivalent of saying help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this is crosshairs cry, cry for help. Yeah. It's like another instance of this name is picked deliberately. I just hearing it. They're all on so- the nose. <laughs> They're all on the nose, but Mayday in particular is, I I don't know, I guess May, May pulls, I like, Mm -hmm. it invokes for me just a little bit of femininity and maybe it's because my name starts with an M. I don't know, but it starts with an M. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hey there. Wait a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on here. What's going on? Mm, no, it's, 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 it's M day. M day. I love it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, uh, it, for me, May, it's springtime. It's like, it, it, this is the name for me is so very different from every other, uh, clone name. Mm-hmm. And I know that that isn't, it, that probably wasn't intentional, but I just knew once he said his name that I was going to like this guy. Also, yeah. I loved his beard. Like, I loved and his beard, I loved so his I was hair. like, I'm going to like him. He looked great. Like, looked I wrote great. him in, I was like, yeah. 10 out of 10. Like, uh, I wish more clones <laughs> had that styling because that's a good look. But he, like, I just knew I was going to get attached to this guy uh, when he said his name. And I don't know why. I mean, it's... I guess his name is like, it's an act. It's, and it ends in a Y. It's not, it's just very different. Like, this character is very pivotal. It reminds it's a, me it's a of pivotal moment. Wilk, Wilco from mm. early on in the season, which mm. is like, will comply yeah. as a meaning to, to what that symbolic meaning is in Mayday, of course, you know. That's at the end, end though. You comply, but then because you don't start anything with Mayday. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, like you're in danger, right? Mayday is you're in danger and you're gonna die. Well, it's and it's it's the end of a it's the end of a cycle, which is what Crosshair is going. He's he. If you picture him on like this this little car that has this arc, you know, he just made a huge. Yeah, move on it from so. will comply all the way down to yeah. Uh, if you comply, there is death. Exactly. There is there is nothing but death in yeah. this future of compli- com- uh, complying to these orders. Um, and so uh, there's a raid that happens, and some of the crates are stolen. And so uh, you know, Lieutenant Nolan's like, "Go and get those crates, the two of you." Um, and Mayday gets his helmet. And he puts it on. And this is where you said it reminded you. Yeah. I was like, because it was just seeing it. I was like, this reminds me of something. And I don't know what it is. Is it Ray? And then I was like, it's kind of Ray. But I don't know. He kind of looks like Dangar for me. Where's Dangar from? 
he's um he's a uh, in he's one of the bounty hunters. Oh um, yeah, he's the one that yeah. I I used to say the diaper boy. Like he looks like he was like wrapped up with like he looks like he's wearing like a diaper was wrapped up with toilet paper or something. Right, right. Dengar is that the guy who with the the hat that he like. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. the only human one other than Boba Fett, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are some Dangar like fans out there, so hopefully I didn't offend anyone by calling him a diaper boy. But like, he just <laughs> I mean, his design cracks me up. It always has. So I think his design is very purposeful. So he kind of looks like a skeleton mummy. He looks like he's dead, like the Walking Dead in a way. And he looks and and he and I I agree with you. Like sometimes I'm like, wow, Reclair, I don't know about this, but that for sure because he looks so different from mm-hmm. anyone else. He looks like such an individual mm-hmm. that and I he's, I he's being held to de- together by bandages. That's what he's I mean, and he references that too. Like everything is just be it's this whole show is just it's some cardboard and slapped on top of something, maybe some masking tape. Everything's mm-hmm. being held together with a it's barely hanging on. Yeah. And I love that they keep on pointing out like you can't open the cargo. This cargo is only for the Empire. Can't use I... this cargo. This cargo is only for the Empire. It made me feel like like the this mystery box really had to be revealed by the end. And I'm really happy it turned out to be exactly what it was. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, you know, end up uh, chasing the two of them go off on this adventure, which is really important because, of course, of course, they go and they find this raider that they that Crosshair had uh, had shot at. Um, the raider is wearing clone armor. I I am sure of that. Right. Because we see him later on yeah. when he's in the in the cave. I thought like, he was. This is very symbolic that he kills a, a clone effectively yeah (laughs) like he he shoots him from a distance even though it obviously looks like a clone yeah he doesn't even hesitate right so is that the one where he was like he made that face where he's just like i don't know he made there's this one moment where he made like this disgusted kind of with himself sort of yeah reaction okay let's just making sure yeah so him and mayday follow this clone the bleeding right into a cave right caves of course symbolically represent you know trans- star wars loves a good cave caves mines they're really doubling yeah. down on that in <laughs> these seasons of star wars mandalorian as well as uh, yeah the bad batch there's lots of caves and uh, from a certain point of view has a story from the perspective of the cave yes <laughs> caves are important because you go in and you experience transformation of sorts um, it, 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 the you see the bleeding, right? The blood, the blood going into the cave. So it's really important that they follow this person mm-hmm. in. They go and find him. He's already dead. They um, they you know kind of have this discussion about oh they have this armor. You know they've been just stealing from us, and it, one thing leads to another, and. Crosshair ends up stepping on a mine in frustration, <laughs> right? And it's a triangle mine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it was like, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of uh, focus on that too. Did you know, like it, they, they really like make sure that you are very focused on I, I Now yeah. I wish I could like pull up the image um, and like how detailed it was, but um, maybe it's because I've been 
drawing so many, I had to draw so many triangles for my celebration outfit because of those portals. Because there's triangle portals that like, I'm like, oh my God, another triangle. Triangles have a representative meaning Mm -hmm. in Star Wars. Well, look, it's another, it's another connection to Rebels, at least for me. It is. I mean, (laughs) it is sort of in that. In Star Wars, we typically think in binaries, right? Light or dark, rebels or empire. Triangles represent that there's a third option in how you live your life, mm-hmm. right? Dave Filoni talks about how the light side is selflessness and the dark side is selfishness. But what they always fail to mention is that somewhere in the middle sits the self. And if you were to put your hands up and you had one hand on one side and one hand on the other, and then you were to touch your fingers together, you would create a triangle. And in the middle is the self. That's the third way. That's the third choice, right? And we all of us have to find a way to live between selfishness and selflessness. We can't be entirely selfless or we end up starving ourselves. And we see that with Mayday, who has been very, very selfless in his survival, just letting people die around him. And you can't be entirely selfish like Captain or like Lieutenant Nolan, or you end up killing those people around you and doing more harm and so this is to show on this transformation for crosshair that needs to happen to show him alternative paths where this is very dangerous for mayday to do and he shows him that he's willing to save him i mean and that's why because i i definitely at one point was thinking why was it Mayday and not his own brothers that kind of pull him back? And it's important that it's not really like a life for a life situation. It's a, I don't know, it's just really powerful that it was someone that he just met that he, I guess, really had to be separated from what he believed in to go into this cave with, again, someone he just met. Even though the clones have that mentality of like they're all brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still, it just feels very different. And it's, he's, I think it's more powerful when you have sort of compassion and identification with someone there's a lot who's of more, compassion. more different than yourself. It's why mm-hmm. Raylo is super powerful for a lot of people because finding um, compassion for somebody who is your enemy is very, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, I'm sad just thinking about Mayday because and also I'm thinking about like when they're in the cave and talking about like, you know, what happened to uh, Crosshair's group and yeah, Clone Force 99, who yeah, says, but like Mayday doesn't recognize. I know. I was actually like waiting that. for him to go. <gasps> yeah. Clone Force 99, because I just assume everyone like, knows who they are. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, oh, that's too bad. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I've lost brothers, too. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. important, though, because it means like this is so much more than just your like family, your, you know, mm-hmm. your small little world. It's more this is I just think it's cool because it's like Mayday's like the fringe. He's like living on the fringe of what feels like the fringe of civilization. He's on the edge of death and he's on he's on the edge of like kind of breaking free of the spell that the empire has he's pretty mm-hmm. much has i mean because he's he's like what we would say he's kvetching a lot about <laughs> what like he sounds like me in one of my recent jobs where i felt like the company wasn't really providing us support or like cleaning supplies during covid things like right. that he sounds like me and i i love that uh but yeah he's like on the fringe of that and kind of pulling it's 
you know, pulling crosshair to that edge too. But it's important that they uh, had that little discussion about like that he had more room to complain essentially about what what the empire is not providing because we crosshair already saw that at the beginning of the episode where it's, he sees his brothers uh, being told, like forced into retirement. And now here's another perspective of what the empire is not providing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Slowly, we see Mayday pin down each of the corners of the triangle, mm-hmm. right? Showing you there's three, there's three choices, right? It's not just two, there's three. And, you know, he, he gets safely out of the way, but Crosshair is saved. And then they... Uh, leave the cave there's this massive storm that's happening um and crosshair's helmet is like taken away he's demasked which of <laughs> course is the best symbol it's it's so important in star wars yeah you lose your helmet even bigger than a cave even bigger than in star wars when you take off your mask you're demasked you, the persona that you thought you were maintaining is not real you are revealed and fleshy underneath you're you, you're you been humanized you've been humanized i mean the best example we have of course is when kylo gets told to take off that stupid stop being the child in a mess Uh, i was sitting here like waving my hand like let's just bring it up the best scene yeah in a star wars movie smashes the mask to no longer be the child and of course we're humanized because of that he can no longer hide from who he actually is that's also really really important and um, you know, they they the, they're being chased almost by that bird. And the bird I actually just quickly looked up is actually called an ice vulture, which is dope as hell because <laughs> vultures themselves are birds of prey in addition to being scavengers. So they will do anything they need to do to survive. Yeah. The- Carry on. I mean, I love I love any mention of them uh, as like symbols of death in literature too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like that you love that it's ice vulture because I was like, where's like, why don't they have like a even like a like a convoy like a kind of well not that one but like I don't know I was expecting like some like heavy metal kind of like name I don't know I don't know I like it it's everything is on the nose and it is yeah you're right you're right. I mean, again, Bad Batch is supposed to be for younger kids than Uh, us. Uh, And so it has to work on their level. And they may have heard of a vulture if they look it up. They might not have heard of a convor or like a weird. They might not know what a weird named creature is. (laughs) Um, They might have heard the term Mayday as well, right? So I think all of these names are very on the nose just because it brings it down. Yeah, it it makes it more accessible for that level as well. Um, So they make their way back to the base in each other's arms, supporting each other, Mm. right? So this is like helping somebody else survive. That's like essential Star Wars, right? You have compassion. You're in this together. We're all in this together. And they make their way back to the base and they are immediately told by Lieutenant Nolan, um, you know, (laughs) he basically starts yelling at them. (laughs) I like, I am not a physically violent person, but did I want to punch this guy? Oh my gosh. I was so angry i was so angry shaking my head and of course like the the century troopers had tried to like come forward and nolan like yeah you know waves them off he's uncaring mayday is sort of dying uh he's crosshair's super distraught he's like you know 
please call a medic, you know, and Mayday's like, no, <laughs> that would be a waste of company resources or empire resources. Oh, you, oh, you mean, um, uh, no, Nolan. Yeah. Said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Nolan says that he, that it would be a waste of empire resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I... could have saved him. And behind Crosshair, <sighs> he stands up and the mountains in the background sort of uh, make the same shape as the ice vulture's wings that we've seen like sort of burned into our retinas throughout this episode behind him and he kills him dead. Did you cheer? Oh, wait, you're talking about like when he shoots, not Mayday. He shoots no. Okay. Yeah. Because we had two deaths, like back to back. So yeah. I was just making sure you didn't mean Mayday because no, Mayday's death. That... His death was actually, it was very, uh, you almost like blink and you miss it because I had to go back like a few seconds because I thought that I, like he made like a choking sound essentially and then yeah. he was gone. I guess I thought he was still alive. Oh. So, and I, I'm not a rewinder, but I had to for that because it was a blink and you miss it. But um, I'm just making sure. Did you cheer? I cheered. No. I was like, <laughs> I well, was, you also have kids. I was by yeah. myself with my cat. So, <laughs> no, I was sad. I was sad for Crosshair to have gotten to that point. Right? Oh, like, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's when I, well, I cried. Um, his reaction. When you see, and this is why I was surprised that this episode wasn't the one named Metamorphosis, because you see that shroud mm-hmm. coming down completely. It's almost like, I think the way that they animated it was like, uh, it was so well done with the snow, like just kind of like cleansing his bare face almost. And just, it, it's, it's like just being woken up from a spell almost. And I said almost a bunch of times, my apologies, but I, I don't want to see, I don't always want to see the right thing, which is we're not killing the bad guy or whatever. We're going to do the quote unquote right thing. I want to see characters in Star Wars specifically. I want to see them push the edge, not real life, just here, because I, I think it's too formulaic when you say, this is how we're going to handle the bad guys. This is how how the good guys are going to handle it. And here's what the bad guys do. Pew, pew, pew. I like seeing these um, this emotional turmoil. Like I always knew, I mean, as Crosshair needs to suffer a little bit. I think to I think he did. I, but I I mean I don't think he's done his suffering. I think he's yeah. gonna, he needs there's there's more lessons that he needs to learn, and that's why he experiences literally a death and rebirth. Okay, I, I wrote that down too. So I hope you're happy with me because I am. I, I noticed that too. I wrote it down. I was just like, well, I, I was looking at the symbolism of like the shroud falling and then just, um, it's just like this quiet death he mm-hmm. has. And that's why the animation is so brilliant in this because you see it play across his face and it's in the music and it's just like, you get this super impactful moment in the blink, like, another blink of this is like two blinks and it's so fast but it's just so like <sighs> i've been waiting for this i've been wanting a crosshair <laughs> episode sooner again at the end of season one i was endeared to crosshair because i hated him at first of course everybody did but i always knew that this was going to be the path he was going to go on we all did like he's not a one-dimensional character i love this journey um 
Mm-hmm. And it's just the way his I'm replaying his reaction right before he shoots Nolan over and over in my head. And that's very that's when powerful. I, yeah, that I was that and the uh, I think it was Mayday who said we're good soldiers. We followed orders. And for what? That's when yeah. I started to feel my heart break. And then I started to tear up like I was feeling it for Crosshair and Mayday. Not Nolan, though. Goodbye. The clones sort of bring him down. He dies spiritually at least yeah. and then he wakes up in the clone facility with uh, Emery Carr who's the main cloning person that we've seen in both episodes who's kind she's of pretty. been administrative you know uh, and I like her design oh yeah she's her, pretty she's very I don't pretty. know why she made they like went out of their way to make her pretty but anyway she's got cool glasses yeah, yeah. I want to see a cosplay of her oh that would be fun yeah. Yeah. Someone with darker hair than me, do it. Yeah. I could pull it off. But I don't have time to do a cosplay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh so she she says, you know, you're where you're at and if you cooperate, things will be easier. <laughs> so of course, we know he's probably back at, you know, this cloning mountain. Clone mountain. Clone mountain. <laughs> yep. Which uh, you know, it ties I feel like we'll get like more and more as the episodes uh, sort of go on. We'll get more and more of these sort of uh, flashes to Mount Tantus um, as a sort of tie back to where, uh, you know, Crosshair is at, where Nalase is at, and sort of what the plans of the bad guys are, because it's becoming more and more important in these last four episodes. I know, four episodes. And they put... I thought I wrote it down. They had the name of the next episode. And I don't I don't usually do they always put the name of the next episode out that early? I'm assuming they do. No, not oh, always. It, yeah. Then um yeah, it was out yesterday. Um Pasu or Pabu. Pabu. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I was yeah. hoping you knew. I have no idea. Oh, it's a oh wait. Oh, it is it is a thing. Oh, they have all the episodes listed. So Pabu is an R2 series astromech. It, tipping point the summit which i mean hey a mountain right and then plan 99 Ooh. those are the last four episodes are we ready no we're not <laughs> oh hype now i this is now i've reached the point where much like we're building up to the rebellion which i'm assuming is the way we're going since uh like so yeah. there's got to be someone out there that is still like i just don't think it's gonna happen whatever I much like that buildup. I myself have this internal buildup ready to go to see it because this is just, it's so impactful. Like I like knowing kind of where this story's going and it's a story that isn't necessarily like an existing story already. It's not like we've, you know, like you, where you, uh, you know, the story of Anakin Skywalker, you knew it before, yeah. uh, before the prequels came out, you like you, you knew parts of it, but, uh, I don't know all the details of this. And so I like knowing what, the end kind of is it just makes me really excited um and i'm so excited to see crosshair reunited mm-hmm. with the boys yeah and omega i'm excited it'll be good yeah and it, it, i'm gonna cry you know i think it's good to like it, good writing lays the groundworks to make the make the audience feel smart mm. right they want to come along they want to come along with the journey right yeah um wow what an amazing two episodes that's one of the best animated episodes in Star Wars of anything that I've seen. 
I like I, it just for me personally, it really touched something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, There's deep psychology, deep mythological meaning al- in all of it. Deep symbolism. It's, it's like how Jedi Knight in Rebels sticks with you. And that's the episode title mm-hmm. everybody remembers. For me, that's like the al- again, I still am like, why didn't they call this one metamorphosis? But maybe that was too on the nose. I don't know. Because he's on the fringe, is you know, this outpost. Yeah. But uh that's one that it's going to stick with me. And it sort of made me honestly reintroduced a little bit to the enthusiasm I had with season one. I have loved this season, but I haven't been connecting with it. Honestly, like I have not been connecting with it as strongly as I did with season one. And I thought it was because we are jumping around so much. And like now we haven't seen Echo for a while. You know, it's I like that family unit. And, it, you know, I just... I guess I could see where that season was going, but this sort of reminded me of like why I love Bad Batch so much. And I get it with other episodes this season, but this really just, this really did it for me. Absolutely. I really love these two episodes. I have felt like they have rewarded us as, as audience members. Like they really gave us a lot to chew on and think about and connect with even a very dark character like Crosshair. I um, and we empathize that. with him, which is great. Yeah. That's the thing. That's good storytelling. That's what that's why we love like part not the only reason why, but that's part of why we love Kylo Ren is you can empathize empathize with this on paper bad guy, which is how like you're supposed to not feel like goo goo hard eyes for crosshair, even though he has his own fan base um i do not look up that fan art unless you want to laugh like i do but uh it's he is just such a cool character and i really really did not like him for most of season one and i think this is just brilliant writing i mean i love characters like this not morally great necessarily but like just these really conflicted like characters you're seeing go on this journey makes them so multi-dimensional i mean he was just stuck in the underworld for a little while he just needs some yeah, rebirth see, that's why yeah. i love he- i love that i love the underworld so maybe that's why <laughs> I'm a crosshair girly now. I need everyone to know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Because, I mean, I think he's still on his road back from where he was. He might still make some mistakes or get caught up in being trapped. And it's hard to find your way out, right? Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this season yeah. plays out. I'm ready. I'm so excited. That's good. All right, Molly, where can people find you if you're there looking for you online? All right. Well, if you can't hear my loud voice calling to you, it's going to be Twitter at Darth Molly, spelled M-A-U-L-L-I-E, or on Instagram at Darth underscore Molly, spelled the same way. Awesome. And we will be back in two weeks for two new episodes. And then the week after that for the season part two part finale. Lots and lots of Star Wars before more Star Wars in London for celebration. <laughs> yeah. Man, I still haven't watched Mando, so I've got to go do that tonight, too. Oh, they're great. I heard. 
All right. Uh, Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What the Force. I'm Marie-Claire Gould, your host. Our music is provided by Christy Carew for What the Force. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash whattheforce. We would like to thank all our patrons, especially those who love and are obsessed with What the Force. Melody, Night Huntress, In Wild Space, How Rude, Anna Perez, Neil, Christian Luca, Josh Johnson, Scott C., and Susan. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or leave a five-star review on iTunes or other pod apps. It helps people find the show. Check out our other channel on YouTube, What the Fiction. You can connect with us on Twitter at WT Force Show, What the Force Podcast on Facebook, and our website, whattheforce.ca. We also have a Discord. Links are in the liner notes. Feel free to reach out and start a conversation. Cheers. <laughs>